You are listening to Grow a Thriving Practice podcast. This is episode 28, Ancestral Healing with Penny Murray. Grow a Thriving Practice, a podcast made for biofield tuning practitioners, offering the resources to enhance your practice, grow your business, and continue your journey of self-discovery. I'm your host, Jillian Faldmo. Hi, Tuner. I hope you're doing well today. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. In this episode, you're going to be hearing a conversation between me and Penny Murray. Um, Penny and I have been teaching a class over the last um, four weeks, and we've had some conversations on the side about things, and she's just a really inspiring um, person and practitioner to me. And so I don't want to, I didn't want to keep our conversations all to myself. I really thought that it would be cool to share them with you all. So without further ado, enjoy listening. Hi, Penny. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast to um, share some information about yourself and your practice. I think that, uh, that students and practitioners are really getting a lot out of these conversations. And so because you and I were teaching a class together and you started sharing with me some of the things that you're doing with your practice, I was like, light bulb, Penny on the podcast, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Well, good morning, Jillian. I'm, I'm pretty stoked. I'm excited to be here and to um, be sharing this space and time with you. And yeah, I hope it's invigorating to students and practitioners. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about, um, about your practice now. Sure. So my name's Penny Murray, and I currently live in Victor, Idaho. Um, I've been here for about six years, and it's a lovely, lovely place. I am a um, New Englander through and through. Um, grew up in New Hampshire, and um, most of my relations are in Vermont. So I do miss that, especially towards this end of August, where everything is starting to shift back there. Hmm. Um, but I have spent a lot of my time in my career as a restauranteur, uh, tier, tour, um, whether in the kitchen or on the floor, behind the bar. And I'd say about four or five years ago, I was just done with that environment and mm -hmm. came home and started having conversations about what am I doing? Like, I'm really only going to be that server for how, how long I'm almost 50, right? At that point. So I started thinking about what, what means a lot to me? How can I be of more service to, to people, to the world? And in conversations with Ron, um, you know, we'd been familiar with biofield tuning for years. Um, He's like, what about that thing that Eileen does? <laughs> yeah, because you know Eileen from previously, right? Yeah, yeah. I was I, when you contacted me about this podcast. I was like, okay, when did it all begin? And I could really only go back to this measure of. I know I had a big event when I was thirty-eight, which would be like two thousand eight, and I was being I was definitely uh, getting tuned before then, so. I think that getting tuned probably since 2006, 2007, um, and there were like, now that I've moved out here, it's I haven't been getting 
you know, tuned by Eileen. Um, but so I think there were like eight years of getting tuned on and off. Mm. Um, and, you know, Ron, my husband and I, uh, really had some big shifts. So I was like, Oh, that's a no brainer. Why am I even thinking? So that's how I've landed here. <laughs> yeah. That actually reminds me, you had a pretty intense, like detox response, right? Was that like when you first started tuning? I mean, when you first started getting tuned? Yeah, you know, I, I did. It was a, um, a pretty big integration. It took a while. Um, you know, it was in that like sacral solar area and it was really, you know, still when uh, the map was being put together. And so the, it wasn't like we do it today where the pendulum gives us information. It was more of like, um, you know, she would go all around and look for information and that spot showed up and we worked pretty deeply in there. I remember she had to keep moving the table so she could get back further and oh, further. Wow. So, so oh. it was a big, it was a big, um, integration detox. Um, yeah. but it may be exactly why I've landed where I am right now in my practice, which yeah, is really gonna, focusing. Yeah. So, right. So if she had to keep moving the table back further and further away, she might not have even known it at the time, but she was working with your ancestral information. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my deduction these days you know, yeah. of what was going on way back when. Yeah. And now in your practice, you you're working a lot with ancestral information. I am. It feels like probably one of the biggest gifts ever to recognize in my, what I call my Claire's, right. My Claire audience and clear visuals and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I have no idea why it's come to me, but I, I just listen to it. And I work with a stone called Euphorolite, which really um, has become like a conduit between the, it's like a conduit between the physical, spiritual and sound planes. Like it, like, I don't know, the information brings it all together. I love it. Yeah, I, through biofield, well, through biofield tuning, I've just met so many wonderful people, especially in this global Zoom community. Um, but um, in particular, I've met this one woman named Donna, and she is a rock hound and euphorolite guru. And for some reason, we found each other and we started working together um, with ancestral clearing and seeing what the rocks could do and seeing, you know, how we could both communicate. And so I've, I've really brought them in quite a bit in my practice. So that's been really fun because I'm a rock hound as well. I have rocks I've had since I was nine years old. So, yes. Tell us about, is it Henry? Oh, it's, <laughs> how do you, you remember? It's Herman. Herman. And he's, he's sitting there on my little ancestral shelf right there in my kitchen right now so he's <laughs> rocks rock love you when you were nine years old yeah and i'm 51 now so wow that's pretty incredible so do you use the euphora light this like the same way you would use the lumerian seed quartz crystal just like um you know different input on the body or in the field 
I do use it as that. <clears throat> and also, once the pendulum um, guides guides us to where the body is looking for some balance during the session, um, I have certain stones that the person can hold on to if they want, and then a particular stone to bring into the field as that additional input. Very cool. So what, what size you pour light do you use? Well, I have little baby ones, you know, I don't, I can't remember what the grams are per, but I have um, little baby ones and then I have bigger ones of that. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll just kind of alternate between them depending on what the body's wanting and needing. Um, I alternate between size, you know, it's the same thing as when you're going to go grab a fork, right? The fork yeah. is like me and the rocks are like me. Yeah. So it's the same. Oh, that's cool. It's the same. You know, you don't have to be some kind of rock guru to like bring them into your practice. Yeah. You know, you can have a little piece of whatever white or gold and be like, oh, do I need you? And it'll let you know. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it is. I'm excited for where my practice is right now because it's morphed so much. I mean, even in just, I mean, four and a half, five years is not a huge amount of time, but it really it can seem like it when you, you know, I've, I've tried so many different things to see, um, you know, what my demeanor and my personality will bring in, right, to the to the practice, right? Um, one of the, a powerful thing that I tried um, with a person that had been seeing me for a while was, let's just hang out on the edge. Let's just bring the sound in on the edge. And we set up, um, I can't remember now, like four or five different sessions where I would just hang it on the edge of both sides of the feet, hang it on the edge, both sides of the knees. And it, totally like her life has just blossomed in ways wow. I can't even um, imagine. And two other people were uh, courageous enough to come in and do that as well. And I don't know, I guess I've, you know, I'm talking and I'm like, I've always been attracted to the edge. <laughs> yeah. So even just hanging out there can cause shifts for people. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, you don't have to have you can just be the fork technician and just hang out there. You don't have to be receiving information or sensing or making anything up. You just hang out there and you move in. <laughs> yeah. And you, you just know that things are shifting. Yeah. So when you're, so you're on the edge and you're just hanging out there and then at some point, do you come to the body and like drop in and call them and all that? Yep. Okay. Yep. So hang out on the edge. I wait and sense in for if information, particular information wants to um, present itself. And I just hang out, hang out, hang out. And um, then it, it, the information generally brings me into the ancestral river. Oh, and then, cool. yeah, it's, it's like, sometimes I'm following a person. Sometimes I'm following a dragon. Sometimes I'm following, um, residential school children, um, which I've done and continue to do quite a bit of work with um, in 
because it's all about reconciliation, right? So that's how this work, I view this work is the more we can reconcile here for our ancestors and people that come after us, the less work there's going to be to do in whatever happens after this, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. hang out on the edge, Love that. follow it to the river, bring it into the body, bring all that potential or all that space into the now, just like we do in a biofluid tuning session. Yeah. 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 So you were telling me a little bit about this the other day and I was like, this sounds awesome. I need to, I need to book some of the sessions with you. So <laughs> try it. I think we're yeah. scheduled for next Monday, which is exciting. So, it is. so what do you offer? So then this is what I got really intrigued about. And I was like, this needs to be on the podcast as is your pat, like the package that you're offering, because, um, it just goes to show like how creative you can be with this work and how you can package, you know, some of the techniques and whatnot. So can you tell us a little bit about that, how you're packaging this ancestral stuff? Yeah, I'd love to. And I'll tell you, whoever's listening, you can be so creative with what you do from sonic facials to doing the spine walk and back chakras to ancestral to to anything in between. Perhaps you're called to to clearing gestation information, right? Um, Right. But so the package that I've come up with um, with my friend Donna, because I don't. I don't know that I, you know how things just come to you and it's inside you, but sometimes it just takes a little bit to get it out. Um, we created this package and I'm, I'm the tuner. I'm the, I'm the one, but she helped me create it where we focus on the, um, so it's a set of three and we focus on um, the central channel first. We do an earth star, sun star adjustment, and that can be 30 minutes to 45 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on, depending on what's there. Um, yeah. And then on the second session, that's, um, and I have, I have some stones involved with that, that people just hold, but on the second session, that is a 90 minute session. And that is the ancestral reconciliation. Right. So we go, we build up the balance and resilience and then with the central channel, and then we go into the ancestral reconciliation. And with that, I bring in 16, 16 of the sentient stones to add and boost all the information and energy. And it's crazy. Um, And the sessions are just so profound right? Because you can't make this stuff up, right? Mm -hmm. You're just receiving and following and they're just so beautiful. And the reason it's 90 minutes is um, it's important to do both sides of whichever area of the body has presented. Uh Um, And then on the third session, it's, it's a regular biofield tuning session. And that is about an hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So you, so you reconcile the ancestral stuff in the second session. And then by the third session, it's like, okay, let's work on this lifetime. And you're like the record as it corresponds to 
to you in this present life. Is that right? Yeah. And what, what I found <laughs> is in within that third session, it's like, um, you know, buoy, when they put buoys in the water to keep the kids in from not swimming too far or whatever, uh-huh. it is like the field is just full of those buoys, like all these things that are ready to um, come into to residence, you know, and because they they're not tethered by anything, any information on the outside of the field anymore yeah, or on wow. the end. And it's like, they just don't, don't belong. And sometimes I swear people are levitating by the time they leave because they feel so in general, um, all the feedback I've received so far, they feel so light. They feel so just different. That's so cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah. So I, you know, be creative, you know, for yeah. sure. So are you seeing with your clients? So they'll have three and then, and then what do they come back for maintenance or like, do they, what happens next? They all want to come back for another ancestral like, session. Keep going. <laughs> they all just want to come back and do and do an ancestral session. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it, I think once people can become of aware of their potential. It's like, you know, either maybe they get kind of, you know, occasionally I think people will get a little afraid of that. Like, you know, the uncertainty beyond accessing your full potential, but I probably for the most part, people are like, what? Like, this is blowing my mind. Let's keep going. Yeah. You know, it, 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 my mind has been blown a couple times. Um, I was doing a session um, again with my friend Donna as as kind of the conduit because we were trying to figure out all this stone stuff, right? And we decided, and this was kind of an interesting thing because we kind of we set an agenda, which you generally don't do in biofield tuning, right? Um, but we were we set an agenda to do to work on the residential schools in Canada um, because it's a huge part of her history mm-hmm. and like a huge part of her history. Her mom was in a residential school. Mm-hmm. And if nobody knows what I'm talking about, you can Google residential schools and find out all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we got all excited and we got our tools and, and we went in and um, it was amazing. It was amazing what happened during the session. Um, I'm gifted with sight and sound and color and blah, all of this stuff. And it was all of these children that were ready to be reconciled. And I mean, thousands came in and I followed them to the river. And um, within 12 hours after that tune, Cam Loops residential school had been found and none of this residential school stuff that has been published had been any kind of news whoa before that tune oh whoa i know like i have goosebumps yeah, telling you about too. this goosebumps yeah. 
like, and that's when they found the, the first um, pile of bones in Kamloops. Wow. Right. Like I, it's like, uh. oh my gosh, you and Donna must've been like, holy crap. Like we were like, wow, we did some big work. Yeah. And you know, and it happened again after we did it again. And now they have found over 5,000. I don't know how they're putting them all together oh or how they know. Oh my gosh. And it continues. And now there are uh, walk of the warriors. You know, people have been walking from Whitehorse to Kamloops and just like they're being recognized. And Canada canceled Canada Day. What? I didn't know that. Because of all of this residential school information. Wow. It's just been... Anyway, never undermine your <laughs> I know that's so inspirational <laughs> for like, well, Eileen's like voice just came. <laughs> like I just like, you know, I've been taught so much by her, but she's, I remember um, one of the great things that I learned from Eileen is, you know, the, the area of world pain and how we can kind of like indulge in it and be a victim of it or we can, we can do something like we can mm -hmm. do something without like, and when I think of this, it's like, we don't have to like fight and like, you know, be aggressive and you know, all these things, but to, but to just stand up and, and stand for what you believe in. And that could be tuning, you know, a project and, oh, or just even what you did was a person, like you were working on Donna and her ancestral information. Right. And yeah. what, and that, that changed the world. It really has, you know, and I, I feel that I know that, and, you know, we're not full of BS. Like we're not making this up. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know any of this information. All of a sudden I'm just following the lead boy to the river and all of the other ready to be reconciled energies are following, right? It's yeah. phenomenal. Um, and it, you know, yes, I was tuning with Donna and her person, her body, you know, told us where to go for balance. Um, but we also had, because we had set an intention to tune the residential schools, um, we had a picture, just a black and white picture. Well, mine was black and white. Hers might've been color with the stones all around it. Right. Because we were, you know, really looking to work for on her mom and, mm -hmm. and Donna's kids and her grandkids. Right. And so that like just set this precedence in this space. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was just really fun to share. I don't, there's not a lot of people to talk to about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's really, really cool. I'm really glad that you shared that. So yeah. um, I'm curious about Donna. Tell what's up with Donna. Tell, tell like, does she sell crystals or does she, what's her work? Um, she is a genius. Um, <laughs> she does a lot of biogeometry work and oh. she's also um, done foundations, you know, biofilt tuning foundations. Oh, and I know I've mentioned her name like six times. Um, her last name is Shu. Donna Shu. Donna Shu. And um, she actually took the first standard foundations. 
on oh, Zoom. Okay. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. And she does. She um, has a direct connection um, to a minor at Euphorolite Mountain in um, South Dakota. And she um, gets stones, grinds stones. She has a um, stone blessing protocol um, to remove, you know, any negative, to remove the trauma that's happened to the stones since they've been removed from their home. They've been shipped, they've been cut, they've been ground, you know, Mm -hmm. they've been reshaped. So she has this beautiful protocol she does with that. Awesome. Um, Does she have a website? Um, I think she does have a website, but she's um, really easy to find on Facebook. Um, it's like Donna's Healing Group. Okay. Um, we'll find the link and we'll post it on the show notes in case anybody's yeah. interested in getting some euphoria light from an amazing woman. Yeah. Yeah. Who and you know, the crystals very well. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's great to have, you know, a couple different modalities to work with, right? Because you never know who's going to walk into your office or be on the other end of the phone and what can really help them shift. Yeah. You know, and I mean, and yourself shift, right? We're not just, we know as biofield tuners, we're not just giving. <laughs> we're always receiving. Yeah. So seriously. Yeah. And they really help um with like any kind of energetic debris that might, you know, be in the room or coming through the phone or whatever. So um, that also helps with that intention that any kind of integration will be soft and easeful. Mm, Nice. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to when you were starting to feel like that shift from the restaurant tour to do something bigger, more fulfilling and meaningful to you? Like what, what were you noticing at that time? I was noticing that I had outgrown my environment. Um, I had done a um, human design. I have a friend who does human design which I think you might be familiar with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my theme is frustration, right? And so I how I've looked. <laughs> Are you a manifesting generator? Darn straight. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I've taken, you know, that's probably like the biggest piece of life-changing information I've received from that. And um, just really frustrated at work and how people were allowed to show up. And, you know, I show up a thousand percent with lots of integrity and I do beautiful work. And um, it's just like, I am so done with restaurant allowances. (laughs) And um, I was like, so this means I'm frustrated. And so I look at frustrate when frustration comes up for me is my, the language I hear from that emotion is that, okay, how is this going to encourage my next move? What am I doing? I'm frustrated because I I need to move forward, Mm -hmm. right? I need to make a shift. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I look at that. And that's, that's how I was, I came to terms with, okay, you know, at that time, it had been 35 years of primarily restaurant work, 
tried banking and tried some other things in between, but all of service. And so I was like, okay, maybe I took it too literally when I got that message that I needed to be of service when I was 12, right? <laughs> and I started serving people. How can I serve people differently? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what started like the churning, like, how can I serve people differently? Yeah. So you and you, well, Rob mentioned, you know, what about that thing with biofield tuning? And so then you took a, well, it was level one then. Yeah, I did one, two, and three in one year. Boom. Okay. Yeah. And then you started your practice right after that? Mm -hmm. Right after level three? Yep. I used to have a little, I, uh, my first office was in my little spare room here in this house that I rent. And so I had a little, like, uh, the logo, the biofield tuning logo, just on my front window. And, um, just went from there you know a lot of my first people that paid for the service as you know with me as a practitioner were from my practice bodies awesome. and then yeah and and you know of course they're telling their friends you know and it's really just kind of dominoed like that for me because i'm not so hot at marketing or giving time to any of the social electronic social medias. Mm -hmm. So I've been grateful for that. Yeah. I think word of mouth is, is the, like the best way to spread the word. And if that means, you know, doing sessions for free at first is as, as more practice, then that's the best way to do it. I think where some practitioners might get stuck is they, you know, they're done their, they're done their 20, and they're like, all right, I want, I want paying clients. I want, and, but nobody's coming. They can't get the word out. Right. So it's like, okay, let's practice some more. Let's consider it practice and mm -hmm. see some people for free. Um, maybe ask for a testimonial in exchange, ask for some sort of exchange, right? Testimonials are great. And then you can use those people love testimonials. I know I certainly do. Yeah. And people are so willing to help you, right? They're coming, like, especially, you know, your friends and family, you know, they love and trust you. And then you get those first couple people that you don't have a relationship with, right? And they're, and you're like, whoa, okay, this is a session, right? And it's exciting. And they want to honor you somehow. You know, I charging, I would say was probably like that most uncomfortable inside my body thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it is for any art form, for anything that we're offering that is coming from ourselves, like mm -hmm. that, that deeper self. Mm -hmm. um, but people, it's an Money is an amazing energy and offers so much abundance. And it's the most, generally the most simple exchange that someone can offer you, right? For your time and your attention. Yeah. So, yeah, I ran the gamut on coming to what I'm, I'm at now and how it, how I settled into, into how I do it. So, yeah. That's awesome. And I think too, like 
I find that a lot with my clients when they're, they're worried about asking for money for their services. Like it can be very self-focused, like, right. Like, well, I, sh- you know, that whole, the whole thought loop of like, Oh, I, I, you know, I'm not worth this or, you know, I'm not, this isn't value. Like I, I, whatever the thought is, I shouldn't be charging for this. But when we put the attention on the clients and we look at the potential for transformation there, like that is incredibly valuable. And and I think it's self, it's almost selfish to, um, to, to not be thinking about that, right. To not say I have something to offer that can help that can um, lead to transformation and it's worth, and when there's an exchange, you know, with that, um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's just kind of like came to mind. Yeah, it makes total sense because we want an avenue, right? And this is part of my thought process. And I don't know if it's going to come out as a complete thought, but when like we are givers, right? So many of us here, we're givers. That's why we're here. And so we have to consistently practice our receiving, right? And so that's part of it, part of the receiving, part of the receiving the exchange. And it's also, if we flip it, like you were just um, talking about, we flip it to the the receiver, the client, um, they need an avenue to give as well, Mm. because we we attract so many givers in this work. So when they want to give to us their money, their apple pies, their bread, their songs, I've had so many beautiful things created and trade for me. We need to honor their ability to give as well. Yes. We, you know, and I think that it gets, we get caught up in our receiving language and what's going on. And once it can be like, no, they need to practice giving too. And I can honor that for them. Right. And we can just honor receiving. Yes. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. I think being, being a practitioner, I've received so many, not just money, but yeah, I've gotten a song before it wasn't for me, but it was like a share from a client that's like, you know, like a vulnerable share that like, I wrote this song and I want to share it with, with the world, but I only feel comfortable sharing it with you right now. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me. So amazing. Yeah. It's I've had some, cause I still work for trade. I work for trade. I work on a sliding scale. You know, the thing, the efficacy of biofield tuning is unfounded. There's something that is going on with the sound and the biophotons that are in the field. Like there's no way to deny. And like, I want to go to my neighbor right now who's struggling with his camper. Like I want, I want the whole, anyone who is interested in this, I want them to be able to have it. Mm -hmm. And in so many modalities, it's unaffordable. There's like, that's grocery money, Mm -hmm. you know, because also as givers, we forget to put ourselves on the priority list. Right. Yeah. (laughs) That was such a great question you had to our students the other day of like, 
I want you to look at your priority list and like, are you even on there? And like <laughs> yeah. some of the eyes just like opened, like, oh, yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Where are you on your priority list? It's when I did that, I didn't even know I was supposed to be on the list. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do enjoy um, having that availability and not having a set regiment out there for payment or, or whatever kind of exchange that works well for me and my demeanor and my personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. And if they need a solid number, I, I just give them, right? If they're like, oh, I can't do that, I, that messes me up, right? Like if it, yeah. you know, I just give them a number. Yeah. So on, on my website, I have a set number and then um, I have a, stu- a, student, pra- a student rate. Um, and I had a client ask me um, this morning, do you offer packages? And I don't usually, but that doesn't mean that I don't like that's not an option for me or for her. So I was like, sure, I'll offer you a package so we can always. And I think it also, you kind of have to gauge where you're at too. Like if you're feeling over overdone, like you've done so much giving and you haven't received enough, sometimes you have to say, no, you kind of have to have that boundary. Um, but, but I've been making sure that I've been receiving an awful lot lately. And that just create like, it just allows me to give so much more, but that giving so much more doesn't create imbalance because I'm also receiving. And it's just mm-hmm. so wonderful to have that balance. It is wonderful. And, you know, I, before the pandemic, also known to me as a divine intervention, um, I did, I offered a, a lot of packages, three, six, and nine. And people would pay for the package up front and it really helped them to commit to themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because they paid for it up front, up front. Yeah. Yeah. In 98% of the cases it was, up front, you know, but now that I've, I'm just thinking about it, I'm like, I don't promote those at all <laughs> right yeah. now, but they just kind of organically happen like at least three. Right because those were set prices. Um, um, but I, you know, I'm always, nothing is really set. It's just this idea of what this would be because if they, they want to do this, but they can't right now or whatever, I just meet them where they're at. And it is important. Like I, I would have people sign up, you know, to do the nine sessions. And so now they're handing me a, you know, a $900 check or whatever. And, I kind of felt a little weighted with that because compassion exhaustion is real and to be integral in holding space, you know, we need to make, I need to make sure I can do that. And maybe I can't do that nine weeks in a row or however they have planned that they were going to do these tunes. Um, So yeah, packages can be great and they can be, response, like it can be a little heavy sometimes. Yeah. Uh, in one of the podcast episodes with Andrew McAlrath, he used to do packages, but found, found that it was too exhausting to kind of keep track mm-hmm. of who used their session and when and, and whatnot. So yeah, again, finding the balance. And that's what I love about 
Well, with my practice, what I love about my practice is that it's always changing. Like I can, because I'm my own boss, I can always change something if it's not working. I don't ever have to be stuck. I can find, find a solution. If I'm getting exhausted or whatnot, I can change my hours or I can change my rates or I can change the, what I'm doing with my own brain. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or you can block out a whole day. Yes. You know? Yeah. Sometimes I have found that because a lot of my tunes are virtual, like I can just tune from home. I don't have to have my table, right? I don't have to be in the office. And then I find that like every day has, you know, seven days a week, I have a tune, a tune, a tune, a tune. That's so distracting for my brain, mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, it's just that little bite of the day, yeah. you know? An hour, an hour and a half. It doesn't sound like much when you say yes, but then all of a sudden Wednesday gets here and you want to go for a bike ride and fishing, right? And so I do, for me, like to have, these are the days that I tune. Yes. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. And I've also made it in my schedule. I love acuity because you can create all kinds of, you know, limitations and whatnot. So if, if, people are booking online with me. I only do two biofield tuning sessions a day because I've noticed recently that any more than that, I just get, I get tired. Mm -hmm. um, and you're right. Like there is, there is thought, even if it's just one tune a day, like there's still thought and energy that goes into it leading up to the session or after set, you know, it's, you know, you've got this thing in your calendar and you know, you can't just go for the bike ride and lose all track of time. You've got to be back. So yeah, yeah I yeah. Sort of like to have those days scheduled yeah. out where I tune and where I don't. Yeah. Cause it is it. Well, for me, it's the focus of the day, of course, mm -hmm. right? Like this is what I'm doing here. So what can I do before and what can I do after? So yeah. Yeah. yeah I think seven days a week of tuning can be, that can exhaust you. I think faster than anything, huh? Yeah, like um, I have my office stuff, all of it changes so frequently, but um, prior to 2020, you know, I was doing 12 to 25 sessions a week within a four day period. You know, my off I had my office wow. Thursday through Sunday because I share, I share my office, which is lovely to do. And I would get, then I would, you know, have those three days off and one day would be like to completely, you know, reboot and, yeah. you know, just keep myself in shape, um, yeah. you know, and maybe the next week would be lighter or, you know, because when it rains, it pours in biofield to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes there's a drought. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you notice a drought this summer? like oh yes yeah okay yeah because yeah, well, it usually the drought like the trend has been july and august but it seemed yeah. to be earlier this year yeah you know well in teton valley for me the biofield tuning drought is um can start in late april because everybody goes to the desert and then they all trickle back and then they all get tuned again and then they all leave again so it's a little cyclical um but June and July were quieter mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. 
but I always take that time as like, I get excited. About yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. I know. I have like, I don't really phases. look to fill it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll have these phases where I'm like, oh, oh, what's happening? And then I'm rem- I rem- reminded that, okay, this happens. Well, what kind of threw me off and many others is that the, you know, the, the dry period was earlier. So we were like, what's going on? Like, what's this related to trying to figure it out logically and then just settle into like, oh, like number one, this happens in this kind of industry, right? At least once a year. And then usually there's a reason for it. Like usually there's, there's, we need to open up space for something else to come in so that we can recharge, reboot and get re-inspired. And so I'm really, I'm, I'm able to really like drop into that pretty quickly and just go with it, which is great. But I think that has come with some experience too. Oh, for sure. And like, that's when it's like, oh, okay. It's quiet now, but we, well, for me, like you never really stop completely thinking about the, the magic, right. That's going on between the sound and the shifts and, you know, because if you're outside with a tree, like energy is everywhere. And so with that downtime, like that's, that's kind of when it's been like, oh, well, maybe when the next person calls and I'm meeting in person, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to see what it's like to do tunes starting with the spine walk and clearing the back chakras. That's what I'm going to do. Right. And then you just try it out Mm -hmm. and you see, you know, does that flow naturally out of you or is it kind of awkward or, you know, maybe when I'm going to, after, you know, when they come in, I'm going to bring the sonic slider in on their face for like a minute and just let them relax and then get into the tune, right? Like that, when the drought is happening or whatever you want to call it, um, that's when those things can come to mind because now we're, we have this open space for more ideas and we're not just thinking about, oh shoot, I forgot to schedule my lunch and I'm tuning four people today. Yeah. And then all back to back. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> try not to do that, but man, it happens because there's always happen. shit chat. Yeah. There's always chit chat. You got to allow for chit chat. And- Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, schedule your lunch. <laughs> so has most of your, has most of your practice been remote? Since, all of this? um, yeah, a lot of before, no, it was like all in person. Yeah. So it was all in person and now it's seven eighths <laughs> yeah. over the phone. Did you like when, when you needed to start doing remote sessions instead of in-person, um, did you like let people know that that was an option for them or did some of them fall away and then new people came in? What was the process with that? For me, I, um, I've, I've never created an email list. Shame, shame. No, that's Um, fine. So people don't have an email list and it's working like you're doing great. So, you know, yeah. Um, I've never created an email list and, but I do have texting, right. And like, it's like people text, 
people text in the Facebook Messenger thing. And so when this first happened, I put together a medium length text, letting people know that I was still available. Yeah. And I sent it out individually to each person. I yeah. group things. I'm like, I don't know. It just feels more personal, of course. Yeah, I'm just going to send this to Jillian. I'm just going to send this to each person. Yeah. And, and I can imagine being the person receiving that being like, wow, Penny really cares. Yes. And, and I would, yes, I copied like the basic body, but I would always put in, you know, hello, Jackie. Hello, Yvette. Hello. You know, I gave it time. And so I let people know I was still available then. And um, that sliding scale was, you know, an option and that we can just do it over, over the phone. And if you just want to check it out to see what it feels like, then let's just do, because all these people were familiar with the work already, yeah. let's just do an earth star, sun star adjustment for 20 minutes and you can go from there. And yeah, I, I, gave, can... I gave that. Yeah. Like that's that awesome. was, yep. Yeah, I gave it because there's a lot of skepticism, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and healthy skepticism, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, so yeah. giving them the opportunity to, to see for themselves and decide for themselves if that's going to work for them. What a great idea. Yeah, it was great. And I got a lot of couples tunes during that time. You know, I'm surprised by that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was, that was interesting. Like, dude, cause I do couples, you know, in person. Um, but I was like, oh, let's try this virtually. Okay, cool. Yeah. Put a couple stones where they're supposed to be sitting in the chairs. And it was, it was really fun. Awesome. That was really fun. So, yeah. Yep. And now some people just prefer to stay at home. I mean, yeah. Especially if it works over the phone, it's like, why not be in my own bed and my own, in my <laughs> own in the car? Yeah. And, you know, hopefully safe place where mm -hmm. you can just digest more. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And my yeah. favorite thing about receiving distance sessions is if I have to pee, I just get up and go pee and put the phone on mute and leave it in the room. And they just keep working. <laughs> I just keep working. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so, yeah, it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I hope all this, all the students and practitioners that are listening, like just, you know, be patient with yourself and keep practicing and be curious and, I don't know, bring like bringing the stones into my work has made the work feel so integral to me because rocks are a huge part of my life. Right. And so now I'm bringing this into the office, bringing this into the space, bringing more of me to the space, eat more easily holding space, more like building up so much trust, so much trust. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and I think the key, the key thing is to just show up and do it, just do the work. And I think where, um, some practitioners can get stuck is like that, that fear of like, Oh, I'm not going to do it right. Or I'm going to mess it up, or I don't know how to run a practice. So I'm like, 
that's kind of keeping them stuck. But the thing is, is like, just show up and, and do the work, start practicing on people and you get to create whatever you want to create in your practice. Like every practitioner that I've talked to so far, our practices are similar, but different. We all operate differently and we have to respect and honor like our own operations and know our strengths and know where we might need or want to work on a little bit and just meet, meet ourselves right where we're at. And I think from that place, like that's where growth happens, like internal growth. And then also like people finding you when you start to open up that space of like, I'm here to serve. I'm here to grow. I'm here to learn and be curious. And honestly, like that's where the growth comes in. Like if there's, if we're getting stuck in fear or self-doubt or uncertainty or confusion or whatever, growth just halts. And so we got to open up, open up to the fear and the doubt, uncertainty <laughs> and confusion. Be like, okay, I'm noticing I'm there. And now what? Like, how can I still step forward and, and create momentum in this? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a beautiful book about all those emotions. That's helped me out quite a bit. It's called the language of emotions, the language of emotions, right? They're coming up to help you. Right. So, um, Carla McLaren is her name, but, um, yeah. And, you know, even if, you know, you define what being a practitioner means, like yeah. no one, you know, you don't have to only be successful. If you're seeing 20 people a week, you're successful. If you choose to see one person a week, <laughs> right. Cause that's, it's shifting that world. Yes. Right? Yes. You trans, yeah. you help transform one person's life. You're making a huge difference in the world. Huge, huge, you know, so you know, try to redefine what being a practitioner means for yourself, I think is important. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I like that. I haven't thought about that of a practitioner for yourself. I like to have my clients define what success means to them mm. and what growth means to them. Cause it's different for everybody. And it's also like, it's good to look at like, what have we been taught about being a practitioner or success or growth. And like, do we like what we've been taught? Do we want to keep it or do we want to let it go? How do we want to define it moving forward? Yeah. Is it feeding your happiness? That's my question. Is this feeding my happiness? Hmm. Do I feel like I have to take, like that I have to do this session or do I really do I really desire to do this session, yeah. right? Yeah. Because I don't always accept people. Uh-huh. I get a funny feeling and a, like a thing goes on in my head. I'm not taking new clients or I'm full or we can do that. <laughs> yeah, or even like, I'm, I, yeah, I'm getting the sense I might not be the, the best practitioner yeah. Yeah. for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. That reminds so me too fun. of, um, so someone said to me the other day, um, like I started noticing that, um, that I, that when I had clients on my schedule, I was just hoping that they would cancel, um, because I got this, like this stage fright or this 
performance anxiety come up. And so she was letting that stop her from, mm-hmm. from seeing clients. And I, I just said, Hey, like, that's okay. That's, that's kind of normal actually to get the, because when you're with a client, like you're showing up as fully yourself. And if that's not something that you're used to doing in your you know, day-to-day life, maybe you've taken on a different persona because of work or family or whatever, like, of course, that's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. So, um, maybe just expect that, expect that, you know, those thoughts are going to, (laughs) those thoughts do happen. And sometimes, you know, so what does that mean? Like, am I just having stage fright or, am I compassionately exhausted? Like I can't right. listen to anyone's history anymore or, you yes. know, and that, and that is, you know, there's, there's a lot of messaging that comes with that. So really sense into yourself about where that's coming from. Yeah. For me, most of the time is stage fright, but <laughs> I've met so many phenomenal people, right. By just stepping in. It's like, just stepping in. It's like, just go and be you. And if that doesn't work for them, they won't come back. Like it's yeah. okay. <laughs> it's okay. Right. <laughs> Not everybody's going to like you or, or like what you have to offer. And that's okay. That doesn't mean uh-huh. anything about you. No, it, it doesn't Nothing about them and their preferences. Yeah. And it helps. I don't know. It helps you define you like, I don't know. And some people yeah. come with agendas and we can't do anything about that. Yeah. You know, because most of the time when they come with an agenda, their field's going to be locked up. Yeah. <laughs> we can't really see. And they're not so, going to get much out of the session. Yeah. Or they might get something that we have no idea about, you know. So it's, you know, just try to step into it. Yeah. And if, if it's a consistent thing, I don't know, call Jillian. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that endorsement. <laughs> or call uh, Penny that's... because it could be something ancestral. <laughs> You can call to you. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing though. Like when you feel stuck or or you're spinning in a pattern, reach out to other practitioners, Mm -hmm. get tuned, like sign up for at least three, especially if sometimes one can get you out, but why not do three? Why not commit to your own self-care and your own, um, journey there? And then sign up for 10 if you want to too. <laughs> yeah. You know, three is great. You know, I've, I've done these um, truth about you sessions, right? Where it's only focusing on earth star, sun star adjustments. And the receiver has shared with me somehow um, a list of truths about them, positive self-talk, right? And while we're in the earth star together, you know, we're like, okay, the truth, are you ready for the truths about you? And they give an okay. And it's like, okay, Jillian, are, the, are you ready to start the truths? And yes, let's do this. The truth about me is I love being grounded. Mm-hmm. And then another strike or two, whatever. And the truth about me is I am really, really creative. Right. And we just kind of work up the minor chakras and major chakras. And I have goosebumps right now just talking to you about this. And as we work up in, you know, those places and we're nurturing and feeding each energy plexus in that way, like 
it's phenomenal, you know, and I made, made it up um, during a session with a friend of mine who was in a really heavy, sticky situation that she was kind of going to be in for a little while. And we tuned every week for six weeks, the day before she had to have like those, that confrontation or situation, it changed her, right? She was just, it reminded, it just kept reminding, didn't change her, it kept reminding her of who she is. Yeah. Right. So those are truth yeah. about you sessions. I love <laughs> so that. creative. Yeah. So creative. Awesome. You know, but it's their words, right? They give yeah. you. No, that's what I yeah. love about it is they get to go inward and find those truths. Find those truths. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Amaz amazing. <laughs> but well, you never really know where it's going to lead you, right? And what's the next step and what's the next thing? So just enjoy where you're at and and love it. Like love, love you, love it, love the intentional attention that you get to give yourself and others. And I don't know, just be open, right? To that, yeah. to that, if you can. And it's okay if you can't on any specific day. Yeah. Just recognize and celebrate. Yeah. Meet yourself where you're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Penny. Thank yeah, you. I feel this like I've just amazing. been jabbering. <laughs> This was, I think it was incredibly valuable. Like we touched on so many topics and things and probably hit a few um, nails on the head for people. <laughs> so good. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. And if anyone that's listening wants to, you know, kibitz or whatever, I'm around. Yeah. How do they reach you? So um, pennyredbike at gmail.com is real easy. Um, and that's, that's probably the really easiest the way, and then we can get into phone numbers and such. Beautiful. So, okay. Thank yeah. you so much, Penny. Thank you, Jillian. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day. I will. Yay. Bye. Bye. Hey, Tuner. I hope you enjoyed this episode please consider leaving a review and subscribe so that you catch each episode as it publishes. Happy tuning.